it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter too, at VOC Nation. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Talking Sass. And thank you guys so much for joining me. And you know, I always say I'm excited, but this week I am stoked for two reasons. One, if you're watching on YouTube, you see I'm rocking my Browns jersey today. And that's because we're nine and three. This is the season that I have been waiting for, for like 20 plus years as a Browns fan. And we're finally heading in the right direction. Are we going to go all the way? Probably not. But I don't care. We're having a great season. We're finally a winning season after I don't know how long. And I'm so happy about that. And you know what else I would be happy about? If you go to my patreon.com slash and join today for all of the cool December exclusives that you're going to get and the months coming up as well. Also, don't forget, social media, very important. Make sure you go follow me at sassysteffy on Instagram and Twitter and make sure you like and subscribe however you are watching or listening to the podcast. And another reason why I am stoked today is because I have one of my super good best friends on the show today. And we're going to discuss us going on all sorts of road trips, our favorite places to go, some of our favorite foods. We're going to get into things that you probably wouldn't expect us to talk about, but we're going to talk about them here on Talking Sass. And you know what? I could read you all of her credentials, but I'm going to go over every single one of them in the podcast. So you know what? All that's left to say is keep it classy and pinkies out. Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Sass. I'm excited yet again, another amazing episode we're going to have for you because I'm an amazing guest. She is a former NWA Women's World Champion, two-time Impact Knockouts Champion, Shine Champion, a former WSU Tag Team Champion, a May Young contestant. She is currently a free agent and get your pinkies up for the professor of AK School of Savagery. And if that doesn't give you a clue on who it is, you really haven't been paying attention to women's wrestling. This is Allison Kay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> That's right. Pinkies up, guys. Yee. <laughs> so how's things been? Oh, terrible. You know, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> no, not it, terrible. I really can't complain. I can't. Even with all the terrible things that have happened this year, even for me personally, I still feel like I can't complain um, relatively to other people going through things. And then also just, you know, at the end of the day, I'm very grateful to have my health and my family and my family's health. So 
I can't complain. <laughs> and that's, that's a great way of looking at it. And I know with quarantine this summer, we are talking quite a bit. We are gardening. And I know you've done this a couple of years prior too, but this year you were like even helping me. I was like, look, my cucumbers aren't doing what I need them to do. And you're like, you got to do this. And I was like, oh, she's a genius. Why didn't I even look this up? <laughs> Artificially uh, pollinate them. <laughs> yeah. Science of it. I don't think people would really um, assume that we're gardeners, which is funny because uh, Taylor May, another former tag partner of mine mm-hmm. got really into gardening this year. I don't know if it was this year or last year, but it's just funny that like, that's what I'm talking to you two about now. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Cause I, nobody would ever, I think, expect you to be like the person that we're going to, especially for gardening advice. Cause everybody knows you're from Detroit. They think, you know, big city pollution everywhere, but yet here you are with your garden in your backyard <laughs> giving yes. us advice. <laughs> oh, so, but what else have, I mean, you're obviously staying in shape too, because I mean, we see how well you're looking when you were on AEW a few weeks ago and stuff like that. Yeah. So what's your gym routine like now? Cause I know here in Montreal where I am, gyms have been closed for months. Yeah. So Michigan has gone back and forth and actually gyms just shut down again, but I think it's only for fitness groups. So if it's some type of fitness class in a group, they shut down, but I think you can still go work out individually. I think not exactly sure. Um, I stopped going to the commercial gym this year. I was just going to my MMA gym. So when we reopened after the initial shutdown, I was able to go there. You know, I have a key to that gym, so I could go by myself. I wasn't around anyone anyway, just lifting there. Um, my workouts have fluctuated like crazy, you know, for the initial shutdown in March or April or whatever it was, I was just working out in my basement. Um, I've actually been doing that again recently after the, after, after the uh, newest shutdown, just because now that I have shows coming back up, I want to try to stay even more isolated from people, um, even with the mask and the social distance, because if something happens and if I end up getting COVID and I have to cancel a show, it's going to be very unfortunate. I can't really afford to um, go and have shows and signings and things canceled. So I've, I'm really trying to distance right now. So I actually just work out in my basement like an hour ago. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause I've seen like, there's a lot of people who have been investing in home gyms and stuff like that, just to keep themselves safe and fit right now. Because I mean, the world, it just, you don't know when things are going to return to a normal basis. I tried, I tried to invest in a home gym. It was a little too late though. Uh, once, once March, April came, everything was, all the prices were, you know, everyone was price gouging for weights and things like that. I ended up finding at some point over the summer, a set of plates and a barbell at like a Dick's Sporting Goods. And I had to drive to Toledo to get it, but it was like a normal price. They didn't price gouge. So I was, I drove 45 minutes to go pick it up. And so I have a barbell and plates in addition to my kettlebells and little uh, dumbbells and other like random things that I have in my basement, but I didn't have any like heavy duty lifting equipment at my house so now I at least have that much but I still don't even have like a squat rack or anything wow so you're using like the minimal like equipment possible but you're still managing to save it obviously you probably ate a lot from your garden this summer which I know I did which was amazing my first time gardening just so much it's a so health, yes, and health benefits. Like I wasn't going out to the store and buying like all these like canned tomatoes. No, I had tomato plants that I could just make my own whatever I needed for a recipe or whatever. It was amazing, and I'm not even a big you know fan of tomatoes, but still, it was like 
you become a fan when you grow them you're like all right I guess I'm gonna eat this now (laughs) yeah and plus on top of that like it just tastes different because you're not dealing with the different pesticides and stuff that the farmers and everybody uses or whatever they're spraying on them in the store it just it's a whole nother level and I didn't mean to go back to gardening (laughs) it was just a little tangent there your new obsession I do the same thing though (laughs) I don't really like tomatoes that much yeah but I have a I had a cherry tomato plant and as I'm like harvesting other things like the zucchini or eggplant or whatever I would just grab them if they're ripe off the plant and just eat them and you it it is like that you have that peace of mind knowing that you grew it and you weren't spraying it with chemicals and all that stuff it is really addicting (laughs) it's surprising what what we're doing in our free times I tell you but let's get back because like I said you have been doing the MMA for several years now I mean, ever since I've known you, you were at least talking about it or getting into it. And I know that your brothers were the first two that were into it and they, you kind of joined them later, right? Right. They, um, they started training at, uh, the gym that I still train at stars and strikes here in, well, it's moved around different cities right now. It's in Westland, Michigan. And, um, they started training. I don't know how long they were there before I was, um, but they definitely started fighting before I started training there. So I feel like it must have been a minute. And they were like, you need to come to this gym. You're going to love it. You're going to love MMA training. And I went and now I'm the one that, you know, more recently was continuing to go and they kind of have fallen off um, just through having to, you know, get their work schedules to um, accommodate going to the gym and things like that because classes are at a certain time. But yeah, they went first. They were fighting. They had they each had two younger brothers, and um, they each fought like a handful of times. Um, and I joined after them, and it obviously became a I don't want to say an addiction. We're talking about a lot of addictions in this episode. <laughs> but like, it really did become a passion of mine. It's something that I was even doing more recently when I was able to go to the gym. Well, you know, talking about things that are, you know, addictions, at least they're good addictions. It's not like we're sitting here talking about we're going out and getting high and drunk every right, Friday right. night or something. <laughs> right. we're, we're gardening and you're working out at an MMA gym. I don't yeah. think those are bad things to, to be passionate or have an addiction to. It, those are good vices to have. <laughs> I guess it's all, yeah, absolutely. You can look at it that way. As long as I think anything can become an obsession to an unhealthy point, even if it's not oh. an really unhealthy activity you know <laughs> oh definitely definitely you don't but I don't think you or I have gotten that far yet although I did just get my uh, new catalog for seeds the other day and <laughs> I've already I've already uh, dog-eared page some pages there that I was like oh yeah I'm gonna get this and this and this and this I was gonna say wait till you start um I don't know if you grew your own seed from your own seeds this year or not or if you just bought plants that were already made or like I, already started I did my sunflowers this year because like I have this my backyard is actually, um, I hope your fans like plants because otherwise, I mean, like, <laughs> well, we got, we got plenty of other stuff to talk about too, yeah, but yeah. My, my backyard, like behind my fence is all, it's like a wildlife area. Like they won't tear it down or anything like that because okay. it's, it's protected. So my goal is to take all the sunflower seeds that I harvested this year and put them behind my fence. So like when they grow tall enough, I just have like a beautiful sunflower behind me. And then the, the, the animals can, you know, take the seeds and all that next year and do with what they please, but. Well, just wait till you start all of your vegetables from seedlings and you have the little like germinator trays and the, and the heat mat and the, the, what are they called? The artificial lights to grow them like that's a whole that's the next level that you're going to get into, I'm sure. Well, I feel so bad for people listening right now. They're like, oh, AK, it's going to be so badass. And we're talking about gardening. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, last year when, cause like, obviously our, 
are in Canada, our growing season is a bit shorter. So like they don't want you to plant until like the end of May. And I'm like, but my peppers say they need to be planted in February. Like, what are you talking about? I need like 12 weeks before I plant them in the ground. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I don't know if I'm going to turn my basement into or not my basement, but my garage into like an artificial like um, greenhouse for the winter or not. I'm still deciding. I'm still deciding. I still got a month or so before I decide if I'm going to do that. I'm like, holy crap, it is coming up on that time already. I know, I know. I think it's, spring is still like 12 months away somehow. <laughs> it, it's crazy to me because like everyone's like, oh, this year's terrible and it's going by so slow. I'm like, yeah, it's awful, but I feel like it's full loan by. Like it, but then again, I'm coming from, yeah, I'm coming from a perspective where last year I was on maternity leave for a year and then I went back to work for two weeks and then I've been working from home for the last eight months. So like I'm used to being at home. And when I was on maternity leave, not doing, well, not doing anything. I was taking care of my son, obviously. But, <laughs> but now that I'm working and he's at daycare, it's like, it flies by. I'm just like, how is it almost Christmas already? I'm like baffled. I just can't believe you already have a toddler. I, that too. Like he's, he's going to be two in March. And I'm like, where how how was your French I meant to ask you that have you been um has it been improving at all no no (laughs) um I do Duolingo and I I, because I've been watching other listening and watching other podcasts and everybody's like oh I picked you know I'm trying to pick up another language while I'm in quarantine and I'm like man I live in a country or in a province where I'm supposed to speak two languages and I only speak the one I'm like I really should probably pick up Duolingo and just practice more than I than I Uh do so like I'm in like the basics still. So I've been doing it 18 days. So, you know, I'm working on it, but it's still awful. Like I can understand a lot of it and I can read a lot of it. Cause like a lot of the words have the similar, like either beginnings or endings. And I know how to conjugate. I just putting it into a sentence for me is just, Oh yeah. Reading is always way easier than actually speaking and conjugating that yourself into sentences. But otherwise your son is going to be able to talk a bunch of junk about you when he's a teenager and you're not going to know. So you got to. Well, here's the problem with that is obviously, you know, my husband's hundred percent Greek, his whole family's Greek. And so we have him in a Greek daycare. So not only can he talk crap to me in one language that I don't know, it's two languages. I don't know. I know words here and there in, in Greek. Like I'm learning that too. Like, so it is kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit more difficult because I am kind of trying to balance learning two different ones, but I'm putting French mainly on the high, like the higher priority list, I guess you would say. Does your husband speak French too? Yeah, he's, he gets kind of, um, I don't want to say frustrated because that's not the right word, but like, I guess maybe minorly irritated because like when we need things to be done, like call the cable company most of the time I can't do that because most of the people yeah. they're supposed to be bilingual, but their English is as bad as my French. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> trying to communicate doesn't really work very well. So he has to handle a lot of that and he's busy with his own thing. So yeah, that, that's what he gets for, ma- for marrying an American. He knew, he knew the barriers. We married. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And speaking of barriers, just because WSU had their show Breaking Barriers, we'll use that as a nice little yeah, transition. Yeah, there you go, nice little segue. <laughs> well, let's talk about WSU because when you came in at first, you were driving in with Jessica and I, Jessica Havoc, for those who don't know who the Midwest Militia were. And 
we weren't, we were all three separate. And then we all came together into our group named the Midwest Militia. And we just kind of, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but for me, because I, you know, didn't make it on TV or anything like that, as far as wrestling was like, that was such a highlight of my career, like working with you and Jessica and the Midwest Militia and the things that we did as a group. Absolutely. I think a huge part of that is because it came together so organically. You know, a lot of people thought that I was from Ohio, by the way, just because I was with you guys. I know you were from Ohio and I was the new one. So they're like, oh, they brought her from Ohio. But really, I was driving from Detroit to come get you guys. And then we all would all get in a car together and then drive to New York and New Jersey, wherever the show was at the time. But it came together so so organically. And I mean, really, it was like the Mick knew we were all friends and then we all rode together. And he was like, you're going to be the stable, right? I mean, that's my recollection of how it came together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was basically my recollection, too. Like, uh, he had a couple different ideas for names, but like, Jessica and I, I remember we were outside of a um, uh, one of those shows, Mega or something in, in Cleveland. And she was like, what should our name be? And I was like, oh, God, I, I don't even know. And so we sat there and we were spitballing different ideas. And the Mick had sent us a couple and we're just like, no, no, we're well, not going to remember. I do, but that's why I want to save that. So for you guys who aren't subscribed to my Patreon, this I told Allison this earlier. I have a little piece of Midwest militia history that I didn't know if Allison knew about or not. And I'm going to do that as a separate episode for my Patreon members only. And trust me, you don't want to miss this because if you know Allison as well as I do, you know her genuine reactions are fantastic. (laughs) And so I can't wait to get her genuine reaction to one of the names that the Mick had pitched to Jessica and I. It's amazing that I don't, like, if you asked me how did the Midwest Militia get named, I would have been like, I don't know. I feel like Jessica was like, hey, we're going to be in a group together. I'm like, all right. Like, I was just kind of told this is what we're doing. But you guys all kind of decided it with Mick on your end. And I, I was really just like tagging along, like just happy to be there. You know what I mean? I didn't know what was going on. Well, yeah, I think because Jessica and I originally, when we started going to WSU, we were driving in with Haley Hatred, and then she went and did her own thing, and then we brought you along, and everyone's like, okay, this is somebody new that's just riding with them because it's such a long drive, but, like, you genuinely, like, we're three completely different individuals, but, like, when you put us together, like, we just gel so well, like, it was just like unheard of like even in wrestling I've driven with countless amounts of people in the car and like a bunch of randos yeah and even hey can you guys ride together you're like I guess (laughs) yeah and you just kind of sit there like okay this is awkward because I don't know these people very well but like when you started riding with Jess it was like automatic like the three of us just clicked there was something there and I think that when we got to WSU like arrived at the building I think Mick could tell and especially after the few shows that we all did together. And he's like, okay, we're just going to put you guys together. Which for me at the time was weird because I was babyface. Yeah. I was there and I was like, I'm babyface nowhere. Now, now you want me to turn and be healed? What? And I think I had only done a few shows at that point. Yeah. I I know. I So Jessica and I were already friends before I started going to USU. So that definitely helped that relationship and that car ride. It was less awkward. I think it was really, and we had known each other just Mm -hmm. being on shows together, but not that well. Um, But I had already met and wrestled Jessica and we were already sort of having a feud at her hometown promotion in MCW in Maslin, Ohio. And so we already had like a thing going, but it, 
I think what happened was she told Mick, like, hey, book this girl, put in the good word for me, and, like, took me under her wing, and so eventually he agreed to it, and that's how I kind of jumped in your guys' car, and then all those other things happened that we just talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was that relationship, but then, like, the three of us also, it it felt like it wasn't an effort to be on that road trip. It didn't feel like uh, I have to be on, or I have to, like, you know what I mean? Like when you're with people and you feel like you really have to try to make it not awkward, whereas mm-hmm. other people it just feels effortless and you can, you can be comfortable in silence. We can jam out to Spice Girls. You can almost swerve off the road and kill us. And we're all cool at the end of the day. <laughs> hey, hey, I was just <laughs> dancing, keeping myself awake and I would hit the rumble strips, but we never actually went off the road. Okay. No, thankfully. <laughs> oh my I'm- gosh. We're not even... You, you already know what I'm going to say, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. We'll see. So I was going to say, this is jumping ahead. I feel like this is a story for later if we even get there. But like the time that you and Marty did get into an accident. Oh, like, geez. Yes. God that I didn't, I couldn't make it to that show last minute. Yeah. Because one of us would have been in the backseat of that car, which I think got smashed in, right? Yeah. By the horse. By an Amish buggy. That's yeah. crazy. I still think about that. Like, thank God that I, I think I got hurt on the show that I, or I was either hurt or stuck in Canada. I, you know what? I don't remember what the circumstance was either, but uh, yeah, I plan on having Marty on. I've asked her, but you know, with her having her wisdom teeth recently pulled, she was like, let's wait till my face isn't completely yeah. swollen. And I was like, no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll schedule it down the line. But yeah, that is definitely something that like, even I think about because Marty and I, we had rode to get, obviously there was a lot of people who would be the fourth person that would switch out of that car with us. It, we had Athena, which of course, you know, she was there a couple times. We had Marty Bell a couple times. We had a, another person that would fit in every once in a while. Either they did an a- AIW show the night before and they were fitting in or they were just in town for whatever. So we did. But that show, Jessica and you were both gone and Marty and I drove to, um, it was New Jersey at the time. And we were driving on the, there's two ways to go from Ohio from where I was living to there. And it's either you take the toll road and it's going to cost you like $45 one way to cross Pennsylvania. It's so expensive. Is that 76 or something? Yeah, 76. Or you can take route 30, which goes through Amish town and all that, but it takes you an extra half hour, but there's no tolls. So I'd rather take the extra half hour and avoid taking tolls because when you're like, hey, by the way, I need $90 for tolls they most likely laugh at you and say, no, you should have went another direction. And so that's why I never went that way. And we, uh, we got T-boned by a horse and yeah, think, cause like, as I'm driving, I have a green light and there's a horse coming on the right-hand side of my car, but they're coming down and I'm like, oh, he's going to stop. Cause it's a, it's a red light for them. So as I'm going through the intersection, I realize the horse is not stopping. So I put on my gas so that it doesn't actually cave in Marty because it was that close to us. So it ended up hitting my back, shattering the back window. And by the way, this was in February. So it wasn't very warm in Pennsylvania in February, as you can imagine. And it bounced off the back of my trunk. And it's so funny because I know Marty doesn't remember this part of it because she was too freaking out. Like I look in my rear view be like, I can't believe a horse just hit my car. And it was like a cartoon. The horse had like split legged, fell onto his chest and was like scrambling to get back up and was like, yeah, he was freaking out. Unfortunately, the horse passed. But I mean, this is definitely like, I would like to see what Marty actually remembers about that 
situation because it was crazy. It was a I crazy mean, she situation. She didn't tell me that detail. I mean, yeah. she told me the exact same story, but I don't know if she saw the horse. I don't know if she saw yeah. the horse like that, but oh my gosh, it's so scary to think about because there was, I felt like I got pulled off of that WSU show. It was like the night before something happened the night before that mm. that show. And I like never missed a show. So yeah. that is just so bizarre. Yeah, definitely. And-, and Marty was saying that she felt like she was the one being protected um, because that's not the first accident that she's been in. That was a crazy accident that she somehow escaped unscratched, but she can tell you that story. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to write that down in my notes to remind yeah, myself of that. There's another one. Um, but also she was saying that if I was in the car, most likely I would have either been driving or in the passenger seat and she probably would have been like laying down in the back seat. Yeah. It feels like it would have been her. And I'm like, ah, just thinking about that is so scary. It is. It's like, there's certain, like, I don't, know what everybody's beliefs are or whatever but it's like something or someone was looking out for us that day because it was oh, it was her. crazy I, yeah. I do believe her grandmother looks out for her and I'm yeah. sure it's like the same thing yeah I, I don't doubt that at all but let's talk more about WSU when when you actually were there with us yes. and one of like my favorite matches of like all times of ours and like when WWE advertised their first ever war games match I was like no no, not the first ever women's. No, don't take this away from us. Like we did like, cause this I remember the first one on TV, first one on TV. They yeah. Did. First one on TV they had, but like, I was genuinely like offended. And I was like, of course, they're not going to recognize WSU. Cause I mean, we're not on their network or they haven't bought out WSU or anything like that. But like, I remember uh, Melina was on the show that night too. And she was like, I can't believe you guys are doing a war games match. WWE. This is like, three months after she was released at the time. So she's like, they would never let us women do that. At the time, yeah. And that's crazy. That's a change. But that was one of the biggest things about WSU at the time is it really felt like that was the edgy product. That was the, the program that was letting women like really go at it. Not the only one, because of course there's right. like Shimmer. But I think, um, was WSU on iPay-Per-View? Yeah, we did okay. iPay-Per-View That's too. What I thought. And that really did set it apart from Shimmer, in my opinion, because with Shimmer, you kind of had to be there to know what was going on or you would read results. Otherwise, you have to wait a decent amount of time for like the DVDs to come out. But with WSU, that was like my first taste of getting that instant feedback. For me, I remember you and Jessica actually convinced me to start a Twitter on one of the road trips either to or from WSU. And I remember being like, this is annoying. Like, I don't, this is dumb. And you guys are like, just make one. So I remember doing that in the car on whatever phone I had at the time. It was not an iPhone. Yeah. So I, that was like my first taste of getting that instant feedback after a show. Um, of, and it becomes addicting. And now we see what it's become. Yeah. Which can be like great and it can be very gratifying. It can also be very toxic. But um, I just remember that being exciting that being really exciting. Like, oh my gosh, I can just go right on my phone and see what all this feedback from people who are watching. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like, you know, you, you say shimmer and stuff like that. And like, I used to like, people would be like, oh, you know, which do you like better? You know, do you like WSU shimmer shine? You know? And I'm like, it's like comparing apples, oranges, and bananas. Each one has their own thing that makes them separate. Yes. It's all women's wrestling. Like they're all fruits, but they have their own unique taste and everything. So you can, you know, decide which one is more your flavor. If you like oranges, you go like this one better. If you like strawberries, you watch this one, you know? And that's how I used to always explain it. Cause I'm like, it's the same thing. And really when you see me, I'm pretty much the same character. It's just 
a different type or style of match that I'd be working for the most part or promo I'd be cutting. I think with, um, at that time, it also felt like different rosters a little bit. We had some of the same people crossover, um, but it felt like, I think, I'm pretty sure I did WSU before I ever went to Shimmer. So it did feel like, besides like Mercedes, you know, Rain, it was um, sort of different rosters. You had like the New Jersey girls, the New York girls, the East Coast girls, and then you had the Midwest girls, and then the fly-ins from Shimmer. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Uh, But how did you feel being in the... um the cage match there with war games, because I mean, that became synonymous with us and us having weapons. Most, most importantly, the machete that you introduced in that match. Yes. I don't even remember. I'm terrible at remembering like dates and things like that. So right. I love when fans can remind me like, Oh, it was this day. It was this month. It was this year. I'm like, Oh, thanks. Cause I don't remember all that, but I'm wondering, I think I might've used the machete before at AIW and then decided to bring it to WSU. I don't remember. Or was it WSU? And then I started bringing it to AIW. I don't know. Um, I know that AIW was like, I was the first um, indie that I worked outside of my home promotion besides beyond beyond at the time was for the like boys only mm-hmm. so in front of a, an actual audience. Um, but AIW was like the first indie with an audience that I wrestled in front of. So I think I might've started using that machete there. Tell you about my friend and big supporter of the show, apparel line, Ruddy Lad. My wardrobe is filled with these t-shirts. They're so comfortable and I am not the only one who feels this way. You can find celebrities enjoy them too. Everyone from WWE's Big E, Sheamus, Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown, UFC icon Chuck Liddell and Conor McGregor's training team. To the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Bono from U2, Phil X from Bon Jovi, and actors too, such as Chad Michael Murray, and so many more. Ruddy Lad was also featured on Dragon's Den on Netflix. So head over to RuddyLad.com, help support them, and make sure, raise some proper mischief. Did you end up autographing your machete and selling it? You know, I did because when I moved to Canada, I wasn't allowed to take it across the border. And I was so disappointed because like that was such a huge part of like what I felt was my wrestling history. And like, obviously the way that you and Jess and I built the Midwest militia together and the Mick, obviously a part of that as well and built it. And like, I felt like I don't, this is like a part of me now. Like, I don't want to get rid of it, but yeah, but that's why I asked. Yeah. So um, Dave Muscarella actually has mine. I think Ben Martin has mine, to be honest. Yes, I think that sounds about right. I think he told me that. Yeah. And so, that's, it's funny that we mentioned that. So like some people might not know who we're talking about, but like within women's wrestling, we've built like such a strong fan base that there are a lot of um, fans that have like over the years become friends or like they've been fans coming around to Shimmer shows or whatever shows for so long that when I say those names, you know who I'm talking about. Oh yeah, definitely. And and same goes for you. I mean, there's, there's people that like, I know no matter what I do, even like now I have the podcast, I'm not obviously actively wrestling right now, but there's still people who support me in different ways just because they were there for, you know, big parts of my career and they have become almost like another branch of that, you know, oh, yeah. part of sassy Steffi, I guess. And I guess part of Allison K there. For sure. I think that Outside of like, um, you know, having freedom in general, I would say that's my favorite part about being an indie wrestler. 
you know, I feel like coming up from, from nothing and really building that over time and really getting to know your fans and actually getting to interact with them and remember them, you know, I think like, sometimes I feel bad for people who kind of like come into the pro wrestling world and straight to like TV or something. Cause I, I feel like you don't get that same experience that we get when we're wrestling like in VFW halls or wherever the hell it is that we wrestle. Uh, school gyms. Uh, we A lot of churches. Uh, yeah, churches. Uh, we wrestled in um, a park behind a VFW once. <laughs> that was- Barn. Oh. Like hay on the ground barn. I've, there's actually, <laughs> there's a festival here in Quebec that runs every fall and it's like, um, a, I don't want to say Midwest because Quebec is not Midwest, but um, it has a farm vibe to it. Yeah. And there's horses and obviously I I stay away from those now and cows and goats and chickens and sheep. And then there's just this huge wrestling event. And I did that for, I don't know, maybe four or five years in a row. And it was weird because when you get out in the country of Quebec, there's no English zero. And yeah. And I was a baby face there and I was like, how <laughs> bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. All I got. <laughs> you know, like I know some like uh Mademoiselle Rochelle, another part of you know the sassy Steffi character in wrestling, mm-hmm. she would teach me like things to yell at people in French, but they're all bad, like shut your mouth and stuff like that. Things yeah. I wouldn't use as a baby face. But things that you can use when your son becomes a teenager, those are the ones you need to learn. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's okay. actually, um, it's funny, not, not, not necessarily funny that you live in Montreal now, but I, when I think about my time that I wrestled in Montreal, which wasn't that often, but like a handful of times mm-hmm. I do, I think of the Midwest militia also because we were still doing that gimmick there. Like that yeah. transferred over to Femme Fatales when we were going to Montreal and making those road trips. Um, I, I don't remember was, did we do our first road trip to Montreal together? Was it us three? Cause I feel like that car for me changed a lot. Yes. Cause you know, this is such a long winded story that I'm not going to go into full detail about, but the show that we did together where we did the six person tag with Cat Powers, Courtney Rush, and I think it was Alexandra Bale. That's the show I met my husband. Yes. Okay. Did you ever tell that story? Uh, not on the podcast. No, (laughs) a brief thing. Um, because I was there and I remember the three of us walking out of the building and Oh my God. (laughs) Grabbing your hands. Like he like, we're all like all walking out and then he grabbed your hand and like kissed it. Mm -hmm. Right. And after Jessica and I being like, like, hold on. What? Like he, he was just so infatuated with you and we were like, okay, like that's really all I was going to say about it. But that's, I remember that distinctly, like us being like, where did that come from? Like he, he was so bold. Obviously it worked. <laughs> well, there, there's more to it than just that. So yeah. like it was, it was a setup of the whole night. I saw him first, but anyway, that's a story for another day that I'll share. <laughs> I should probably have Mademoiselle Rochelle out here. Like, cause that show, she was, she was talking to him and that I saw him at, um, intermission and I was like, Oh my God, who is that? That's the whole, see, that's it's such a deep story and it's so funny because now you know that was my perspective of it but yeah. Jessica and I I don't know if Jessica knew that you guys were like I don't know flirting or making eye contact or whatever throughout the day but like from me from my perspective I just look over and this guy grabs your hand and kisses it and I'm and you're like like it was like a like a movie <laughs> and I was just like okay <laughs> yeah that that moment actually so that whole day like 
I met, I saw him at intermission. I asked Rachel who he was. And then after the show, there was like a group of people talking and there was a match that was being set up for me and um, Mary Lee Rose and Mary Lee Rose and I were supposed to wrestle somewhere else a long time ago. It didn't end up happening. So she's sitting there with her boyfriend talking to my now husband and a few other people. And I like put my hand on his shoulder. I was like, oh, listen to this story. So I told the story about how we were supposed to wrestle before. And like totally no sold me. Like completely. Just, like, Did you go tell the story just so you could go touch his shoulder and like be all up in his face? Well, no, I was, I was going over there to kind of like introduce myself, but like not like, but she was like, oh yeah. She's like, remember when we were supposed to wrestle in New Jersey? I was like, oh yeah. Now I totally have a story I can tell to get this guy's now attention. <laughs> so nothing happened there. And then the part that you saw, I had actually gone, he was going to walk past me and I like reached out my hand and I was like, Hey, by the way, my name's Stephanie. And he's like, oh, hey, but I'm Chris. And that's when he kissed my hand. And wow. I was like, so I was like, my head, <laughs> I don't know if you were behind us. Were you behind us? Because it might Probably. have been, we turned around and saw that part. So yeah. in my head, I'm thinking he, like we're walking out and he just like grabbed your hand and like pulled you over. But really you were like the initiator and we just I was on that last part. <laughs> yeah, I was hardcore. And like, I remember like, he was like, hey, I got to go. And I was like, oh yeah, me too. Cause I'm like with them. And like, I remember I was like, blushing as I was walking down the street like oh my god he's so hot and I was I like wait what if he hears me <laughs> I remember you saying that he was like he's so hot <laughs> oh well, it worked out yeah he's gonna edit this and be like I can't believe this no he won't he won't he won't he, also he, this just reminded me because when you were telling the story I was like doing this like clutching my non-existent <laughs> I feel like I need to address why I'm wearing a robe okay I mean, not really. It's not like a story, but I was just looking at myself in this little thumbnail and I'm like, people are probably like, why the hell is she in a robe? I was literally doing my makeup and I'm like, what am I going to wear for this podcast? And then I'm like, I'm at home. Like most people I'm stuck at home right now. Like what the hell am I going to get dressed for? Well, that like, looks I'm so comfortable. I'm comfortable. So it's funny. Cause you were telling me how like, you're like, I'm just going to wear my pajama pants. I'm going to be comfortable and wear a cute top. I was going to do that. And then I was like, robe. I want to be comfortable from head to toe, but I also don't sit around my house and makeup. So I've already put in too much effort. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's, you know, it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on podcast world too. So, you know, I half like the listeners, good. half the listeners will get the uh, joy of seeing you in your nice comfy red robe. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about some more stuff that I, I find interesting. You were a part of a wrestling wedding while you were a part of impact Mm -hmm. And obviously I've never seen one go well. And obviously the one you were a part of did not go well, but how did you feel like when they approached you about being a part of a wrestling wedding, what was your initial reaction to this? Honestly, I was all for it. I love that kind of stuff. I think it's funny because certain people that I've met in the wrestling business over the years, like when I've wrestled them for the first time or whatever, some of them approach me thinking I'm going to be very serious. Like if we don't really know each other, mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'm thinking like, what matches of mine have you seen that make you think that that give you that perception? I mean, I guess I, I do come off like sometimes a little intimidating, especially if you've only seen like certain work of mine where I'm mm -hmm. very own face. A lot of my stuff in impact, I was very like wrestling bitch face all the time and like scowling and whatever. But it's just funny. I'm like, what have you watched where you're like, Oh, you're not, you're not gonna want to do any shenanigans. I'm like, I want to do all shenanigans actually. So um, I was all for it. I, I was not like, this is stupid. Nothing like that. I was like, yes, wrestling wedding. 
count me in. <laughs> for for those who don't know, maybe you didn't follow uh, Sienna at that time, Allison Kay's part. This was the wedding of Laurel Van Ness and Braxton Stut- Stutter. I always say Stutter, Stutter. but Stutter. Stutter, not with the extra T in there. But I mean, that was crazy. And you were doing it with some of your like super really good close friends in fact almost all of them you guys are a little collective group you guys call yourself the slugs and i mean you guys are so entertaining in that segment i was losing it when i watched it we i really do hear um really great feedback about that segment every now and then like whenever a wrestling wedding comes up every not i'll just get random tweets they're like this was my favorite time or whatever and um a lot of people say and i agree that it really felt like everyone was on point. Like everyone played an important role, even the smallest role. Cause my role in that wedding was not big. Like I, there was like a shot where um, I think Braxton had first proclaimed that he loved Allie and they show Allie's face and she's like smiling. And I'm right behind her going, why, why? And like, like, you know, I'm just making facial expressions because I don't have, like, it's not about me. I'm, I'm a background character, you know? So yeah. I'm just like selling the facial expressions. I had to hold Allie back at one point. Brooke Tessmacher comes out and starts whooping my ass at one point. So like my role wasn't big, but everyone, no matter how big or small their role was, just played it to the best, the best that they could. And most importantly, without trying to make it about themselves. I think that's also a really important thing to say. It wasn't like everyone was just on a hundred doing whatever they wanted. Everyone was on a hundred doing what they were supposed to do, which doesn't always happen in wrestling. Definitely. I mean, like you said, in Impact, you were basically stone-faced most of the time. You did come off very intimidating. I mean, obviously, for the people who do know you, that's not who you are in general. Like, you can be in these moments where you're just like, I, no, we're not, no. (laughs) But most of the time, you're like this big goofball, loves to just have a good time. I think that was like, even though in Midwest Militia, like, we were kind of that same way. Like, we were stone-faced kind of all the time. But, like, we would do little silly things every once in a while, too, just, like, to have fun with it. Because, I mean, like, I've said this, I think, in several podcasts. Like, you can genuinely tell when people are working with people that they enjoy and are having fun with it. Mm -hmm. When you're miserable, you can see that, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You sure can. Yeah. So you were having pretty good run at impact. Like I said, you're a two-time impact knockouts champion. There was one time where you unified the GFW belt with the impact belt when you wrestled Rosemary. And I would say you pretty much had like the entire time you were there, even if you were a small character, like you were within the wedding, you were still, I would say like a major player within the knockouts division at that time. But then it all of a sudden came to an abrupt stop because what I originally thought where you were injured, because I didn't know the extent of everything, but you actually had some blood clots, which caused a bit of a health scare. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, it kind of, I don't want to say it worked out, but um, it was in January of 27? No, 2018. It would have been 2018. Um, and Bound for Glory was the taping that we did prior to that one. So I had just lost the knockouts championship. Mm-hmm. For the second time so um it almost it kind of worked out in that sense that it didn't happen before that because then that would be like an awkward I hate when belts have to get vacated yeah. you know but sometimes you just can't help it you have to work with what you got so um it worked out in the sense that like I didn't have that obligation and they didn't have to worry about that aspect of it um but 
at that next taping in January, I think I wrestled Allie, I wrestled Kira Hogan, um, and then I ended up in the hospital. So um, I just had these weird, sharp pains. I feel like I've told the story a million times, but like the brief summary of it is like, I had these weird, sharp pains. I thought it was a twisted rib or like a pulled back muscle. Um, I ended up in so much pain. I was keeled over that um, Rosemary actually took me to the hospital. And uh, we thought, I thought something was broken or pulled. And then the doctor comes back like, oh, you actually have blood clots after a CAT scan. So that was not what we expected at all. That, was mm-hmm. a, that wasn't even on my mind. Actually, um, I was starting to fear that it was a collapsed lung. And so that's what I was thinking, worst case scenario, collapsed lung. And I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> I didn't even realize there was a worse, worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. I, I actually don't know which one is worse, but I've heard of people having collapsed lungs and they just reinflate it and it's fine. Um, in this case, uh, I got really lucky because of course, like as I'm in the hospital for three days, I'm Googling like pulmonary embolism. Like, what does this mean? How does this happen? And it's like, um, one of the first symptoms of a blood clot in the lung or pulmonary embolism is sudden death. So like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm lucky. And so uh, I ended up just on blood thinners for six to eight months. It was six months. Um, And I'm very fortunate for that, even though that time felt like an eternity, because I think I was able to start working out like maybe a month or two months after I got home. But uh, I couldn't wrestle until I was off blood thinners. And there was a moment where we didn't know if I was going to be able to get off them. Uh, after we had to do a bunch of testing. So um, that could have ended my career. So that's, uh, and then I ended up doing the Mayon Classic. That was my next, that was my first match back after eight months of being out with blood clots uh, was the Mayon Classic. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Like, I don't want to go from something so serious because like, I remember contacting you at the time, like, you know, what's going on? Because I, I knew something had happened and you had told me what was going on. And I was just like, oh my God, like, is there, you know, anything like we can do anything that you can do to like speed this along? And you're like, no, I just kind of have to see what happens in the next couple of months. And I'm like, oh God, like you were like at the peak, but then to come back, you're at WWE for the May Young Classic and you're continuing your best frenemies tour, which was another thing I wanted to talk to you about because you and Mia Yim have like this crazy, like every single like major promotion you guys would go and be wrestling each other and you guys were calling it basically the best frenemies tour, like I said, and you come back from being, you know, a potentially deadly mm-hmm. situation into May Young Classic wrestling one of the people that you know best in the ring. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have asked for a better opponent for my first match back. I don't know how it would have went. Um, I mean, not that it went in my favor anyway, but I don't know how that match would have went had I been with someone new someone for the first time someone green I don't know um because I I mean I had been working out I've been trying to do what I could do but I wasn't really able I think I got in the ring like once or twice in a couple weeks leading up to that like I had just gotten off of blood thinners I think I I don't remember how exactly long it was but it was a short time it was like the minimum so I remember I almost didn't wrestle for the man classic because uh when I got there and I did my physical I wasn't thinking about this, which is so stupid in retrospect. I'm like, how was I not thinking about this? But I didn't have like a note saying like, oh, don't worry, like blood clots are fine. She's cleared. I didn't get a note like that because I'm thinking mm. when I go there, I'm going to do the physical. You have to get a physical done. Right. They'll, they'll see in their, in their physical that I'm fine. But like, of course, they're going to have more questions about like the fact that you just had a blood clot in your lung and they don't have like a... MRI machine there to, you know what I mean? They're not yeah. going to like run you through a CAT scan to say like, oh, you're fine. 
So I'm like, yeah, of course I need to prove. So I just felt like dumb kind of. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. But I ended up calling my doctor and um, getting a note that just cleared me, which was not simple. So there were alternatives there for the man classic. I think Britt Baker was one. And I want to say Tasha Price maybe was another one. I don't remember exactly. I don't, I, I, there were more girls there that were also injured. So I don't remember which ones were which off okay. the top of my head. Um, but I believe it was Britt and Tasha. But anyway, um, I was like telling them like, oh, you guys might be wrestling. So just like get in that mindset, you know, get prepared because I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrestle. Um, that doctor's note came in like literally at the last minute because my, the doctor's office that I was going to, the hematologist I was going to, I never want to see her again or anyone in her office. <laughs> like they, it was, I had to deal with her a lot. Um, they, I'm not even going to get into all that, but they were just very frustrating to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, the day that I needed the, the note, when I called, I think like they told me the power went out or something. They're like, oh, we can't fax anything. Our power went out. I had to like, I think the doctor didn't really understand what I was asking. I think there was a language barrier as well. I ended up talking to one of the nurses and having to like practically beg her, like, can you take a picture of this note with your phone and send it to me? Like text it to me because yeah. there were no other options because their power was out. I believe them, but it was just weird. I'm like, really? Your power's out right now. I need this <laughs> right now. And your power's out. Like it was just all these things lining up where I'm like, come on, man, I made it this far. And so, um, for the like two or three days for the Mayon Classic where people were able to like get in the ring and work out a little bit, go work out in their, in their facility, I couldn't touch anything. I couldn't get in a ring. I couldn't touch a weight because of a liability. So I wasn't right. clear yet. Um, and finally this nurse texted me this note. I got it to them at the last second. It felt like, I feel like they were like, we need it by 11 AM on Wednesday or whatever day it was. And I feel like I got it to them like five minutes before. It was like, I was like sweating. I'm sweating right now telling the story. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that somebody <laughs> pulled because of this stupid note. Obviously that didn't happen. But <laughs> Yeah, thankfully. I mean, I know I worked at a doctor's office many, many years ago. And like, I know how insanely complicated things can be when they don't need to be. Like I was just doing like paperwork and answering phones and like somebody be like I need a note for this and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna write the note and when I see the doctor I'm like just he just scribble is like what is it okay 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 and it's just I'm like just write it for me and then you know go on with it but a lot of people they won't even do that they're like no the doctor has to da, 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 da. I'm like no the doctor just he'll make sure you're fine like and then he writes just scribbles his name that's it that's all you need yeah but, Oh my gosh. Yeah, a lot of doctor's offices make it extremely complicated more than it has to be. I understand things are stressful. Like I get that, but that's mm -hmm. one of my biggest qualms. Like when you're, especially when you're rude to someone who is being really polite to you. Like I remember I'm um, talking to a receptionist one time. This is unrelated to this story, yeah. but um, I remember walking up to her and I just needed to ask, um, I, I forget what I even needed, but it was like a relevant question about like maybe what time they closed the next day or whatever it was. Um, and I just remember her, she literally scoffed at me and was like, I'm on my lunch. And I was just like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. people might expect me to go off on people like that, but I actually don't. I just don't have the patience. I don't have the energy to waste on a person like that, but I will laugh in their face and then just like walk away. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I feel like that's another reason why we get along because like, I don't think people would think of me as the person that would like blow up. But like, if you do something rude to me i will be like oh wait i remember i remember a story about you going off on somebody but I oh goodness i can only imagine 
not going off, but I feel like we were, we tried to go eat somewhere after a show and they were like, our kitchen's closed and you were like pissed about it. Do you remember like the three of us walking out of this pub? And I think you were just like, there was something where it was very clear that they said they were open. Like the sign said they were open. Yeah. Walked in, they were like, no, we're not. And we're just like, cause you know, after a show, you're trying to find somewhere to eat and you get somewhere, you finally find a place that's open. It says they're open until whatever time. And you're not there at the last minute. It's not like you're walking in at 10 59 and they close at 11. Right. You know, you're there with a decent amount of time and they're just like, nah, cause they just feel like it. It's the worst. And then you have to find somewhere else and it's late. Everything's closing. Ah, so yeah. I, I remember that. That that's one of my worst parts is when I'm hangry. Oh, hangry is watch well. out. <laughs> watch I feel like out. I feel like Jessica and I were like, it's 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 okay, Steph. We're like holding you back. Let's just go to like McDonald's or whatever's open. I don't know. Yeah, we would but we would try to avoid fast food as much as possible. And one of the other things, like it's one of the random things that I wanted to talk to you about if we got time, which I feel like this is gonna go way over the time limit that I wanted, but it's it's a podcast um but (laughs) i hated or thought i hated sushi for the longest time and you and jessica love it and we would go if we were going to a show early you would always be like let's stop and get sushi somewhere and i'm like jesus please no (laughs) i can't stand it i remember i don't know who we were with we stopped somewhere there was a i feel like there was like 10 of us like it was a big amount of people and like me and like two other people went to like a burger place that was in this plaza and then you guys went and got sushi and like when we were done we came and joined you guys or something because I remember that like I want to say Marty was with us and but like I feel like there was like a I don't know we went out to eat so many times that maybe I'm confusing it with like 18 other who knows no this was this was definitely like before a show like I don't know if we got to a show and then maybe went I don't know. I was eating sushi before a show. Like this was a different lifestyle for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember when I moved to Montreal, Chris actually made me, he was like, just here, have some of my sushi. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And then I tried it and I was like, oh my God, I've been missing out from Jessica and Allison for years. All these years. Yeah. And then I remember I had come to Detroit for a work function and we actually went for our first sushi date when I was there. And that was like the best. Yeah. So yeah, I do like sushi now. All these years, you could have been enjoying it. You just would have tried it. I know, (laughs) I I know. I think I do remember trying to convince you to try pieces too. And you're just like, no. No, I was, I adamantly thought like well into my 20s that I didn't like fish at all. And now like fish is like a daily, not a daily, not a daily, like a weekly thing inside my diet. Like I have probably salmon or cod or yeah, mostly those two, like on a weekly basis. It's crazy because like I adamantly, like I said, did not have anything to do with fish yeah, until I moved here. Very firmly against it. You weren't even yeah. like, really, you're like, nah. no, <laughs> no, just straight up. No. So I also like, remember, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. That just reminded me like just the eating in the car and stuff. I remember stopping at, it must've been sheets because we were in Pennsylvania, I'm guessing. And um, I love Sheets too. And Sheets is better than Wawa and I'll fight people. Me too. But anyway. Um, wait, 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 before you continue. <laughs> you hear that, Allison Danger? We will fight you. Just so sorry, you know. Allison Danger. No, um, don't, don't say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm backtracking. I'm backtracking. <laughs> no, you know what? I remember when I um, was wrestling for Impact. I feel like I'm segueing so much. But when oh, I okay. was re- first wrestling for Impact and Jess still lived in Orlando, Jessica Havoc, and I would go stay with her and Sammy a lot. 
um, I, there was a Wawa right by their house. And so I feel like I ate there all the time. It'd be the only thing open on the way home. And I would eat there all the time. I think that's why I hate it. Yes. And and whereas Sheets, I have such fond memories of because that was the rest stop. It had everything. Like you're driving through Pennsylvania, which is an eternity. And then you have a one-stop shop for clean bathrooms most of the time, made to order food, gas, energy drinks, coffee, whatever. I'm like, yes, this is it. This is that, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why I have fond memories of Sheets because it was like, um, an oasis in a desert wasteland. No offense. Not saying, not saying Pennsylvania is a desert wasteland, but you know, <laughs> you, get, you get into the middle of nowhere yeah. and you see a sheets and you're like, is this a mirage? Whereas Wawa, I was like forced to eat. So maybe that's why my opinion is what it is. Well, I, I would agree with that. Um, I was not a Wawa person, obviously in Ohio there. I don't know if there's any in Ohio. I don't think so. I think they're mostly in Eastern so. PA and then down the East coast a bit. Oh wait, sheets? No, uh, Wawa. Oh yeah, I don't know about Wawa. Yeah, but sheets like I loved it. It was so good, and I found their food was so much better. Um, flavor, price, everything. Yeah, the made-to-order food, of course. Yeah, I've hands down. Like if there was, I remember there was one exit we always stopped at that had a sheets, but it had like a bunch of other stuff. But like we would, it was like a mile down the road, but we would pass like everything else, like every other gas station, every fast food joint, and we'd go to that sheets because we we're like, okay. We have like 20 miles till we get to Sheets. Like we were counting down <laughs> until we it's got there. On the way home. Because on the way yeah. home, now you can enjoy all the treats. You can get a milkshake. Like that was the best when you're actually like going away from the show now. Because they have things you can work with when you're going on, the, on mm-hmm. your way to a show. You want to try to stay relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. But I home it's like I'm getting ice cream I'm getting yeah it's two o'clock in the morning and we still got six more hours to go Nah, I'm good we're getting a milkshake we're gonna have some sodas and some deep fried goodies you say soda hold up did you always say soda no no I I used to be a pop person but now yeah I've had people tell me that don't forget where you came from okay I know know. (laughs) it's called pop (laughs) I've had people tell me that I have a Canadian accent now too especially on some of my vowels so maybe I'm like two, two. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, it's it's Midwestern. Yeah, Midwestern. I mean, I'm always gonna be Midwestern no matter what. But for sure, for sure. No matter I, what happens. What was I even gonna? Why would I even start talking about sheets? Oh, because um, this is a, it's not even a story. It's just like a short thing I was gonna mention because I remember you said something about um when Athena was in our car. Mm-hmm. I remember us all being mad at her. Not really, but like we were all like pissed off because I think she got like nachos or something like crazy on the way to the show and we're like we couldn't eat that stuff yet because we're trying to be like strict we're like mad about it we're like how are you gonna have nachos she's like slamming on these nachos in the car and we're like damn it Athena. and we have our our gallon of water and hard-boiled eggs and nuts. we're all pretending to be healthy when we weren't we just thought <laughs> we were, we really thought we knew what we were doing <laughs> we we're trying not to be bloated before we got to the show after the show we didn't care <laughs> And I look back on pictures and I'm like, okay, I clearly did not know what the hell I was doing, but whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. But I pretended I did. Okay. <laughs> so more things I want to talk about going back to the beginning, because ever since I've known you, I've known about the story of why you do pinkies up, but I don't know if you have shared that story with everybody. I know it's not a very long story, but why as to what your story is because I feel like I've told several different stories over the years oh really yeah so what is your story okay so from what I remember is you were training with uh your original trainer in Michigan 
and I don't know, you did an arm ringer or something. And when you pulled it up, you had your pink, you always would stick your pinky up. That was the story I heard. From me? Yes. Okay, this is the messed up part about this is I have no recollection of that. <laughs> so okay, know. so so what is the world the real story of Pinky's up? I don't know if I just was like making stuff up to different people just because everyone would ask me and I would just like make up a different story. Oh my gosh. Um so what I remember right now at this point in time, who knows what I told other people, um I started doing the Pinkies Up with Taylor Made when we started in our tag team Made in Sin for Shine. Um, my cat is currently trying to break in to this room. So That's you okay. the door bust open or like meows. She does this every time I have an interview <laughs> and like, there's nothing I can really do her. <laughs> anyway. Um, where the hell was I? Made in sin. Oh yeah. So made in sin is formed by shine management. Um, Taylor made and I were kind of put together. We didn't really know each other at all. They came up with the name and everything. It was similar to where they suggested names and we were like, no, no, no. Um, I didn't even like the name Made in Sin. And they were like, this is your name. And we're like, oh, okay. And it just, I guess, has grown on me since then. But um, so we, Taylor didn't really have like a gimmick. And, mm-hmm. and so she was totally cool with just dressing like me. So that's kind of where we went with it. Like I was wearing the spike bra, the high-waisted shorts, very similar to what I was doing in the Midwest militia. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, I think was wearing like a zebra sports bra or something. And she like, didn't have like, she was, she was kind of like a, an, a blank slate. Yeah. And was totally cool with like, yeah, well, I'll get a similar outfit. We, and I think we even like, um, before the spikes or we would like, I think before we decided to, yeah, we'll both wear the spikes. Um, I think I got like a zebra bra as like a, you know, compromise type to her. Like we, yeah mesh what we have together um so with our look I felt like we were really trashy looking and we were heels so that was kind of the gimmick that we were going with was like we're we're wearing like these plastic garbage bag shorts it just felt really trashy to me so we that just kind of evolved into I just remember one day before going out of the curtain telling her like we should do like pinkies up like we're classy but really we're not, we're the opposite. We're like really trashy. So we kind of went with a, a classy gimmick and it was irony because we're out there looking like, I don't know, like dollar store Luna Vachans. And then we're like digging out our wedgies and stuff, like really classless things. So that was kind of the idea. And we started doing, and you know, we wanted to have a hand gesture because then that catches on and it did. Yeah, um, I kept it long after the tag team, but yeah, that, so that's my recollection of how it came about. Oh man, so totally different from me, but pretty different. But I'm sorry, Dollar Store Luna Vachon is now going to be in my <laughs> vernacular from now on because that is amazing. <laughs> I also remember, I do remember telling a, a slightly different story about it, not about how it came about, mm-hmm. but how it, um, what it represented, because I do feel like it took on a, a more a deeper meaning. I guess I mean mm-hmm. it could sound cheesy, but um, I felt like. Uh, I remember telling someone the pinky was at least what, when I was doing it individually was more like similar to where it's like, I'm classy. I'm ladylike. Right. Cause you think mm-hmm. about like someone drinking tea or keeping their pinkies up or whatever. And, and it kind of uh, went into people throughout, I'm sure you've heard this a lot as well, but like people throughout wrestling who would tell you like wrestling is not ladylike or 
um, oh, I know God. for me, like, I'm kind of like, I can be kind of a brute. So not being ladylike, we're, we're not being dainty enough. We're not being whatever, um, Barbie enough, especially at that time in wrestling, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll keep my pinky up. This is ladylike. This is ladylike. Like, is this ladylike enough for you? I remember like kind of going off on a tangent about mm-hmm. that at some point. I don't know. I'm just rambling. <laughs> no, I think that's interesting. Cause like, I'm now I'm questioning, like, where did I hear that story from? Cause like, I was almost 100% sure. In fact, I was, I wasn't, I was like, I know that this is what AK told me. And now I'm like, if she didn't tell me that, who did? I'm like, did someone, did someone else tell you that? Or did I, and now I'm like, I want to go ask my trainer now. Like, do you remember <laughs> about this? Because I'm like, wait, what? Oh man, that's crazy. Like things that get like blown out of proportion. I mean, this is something so little, obviously. It's like, like telephone or, or like, yeah. Where did it start and how did it get to here? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So other things like I want to talk to you about, I have a couple of things still. S is for suplex. I thought this was so cool when you posted this on your Instagram. You were illustrated into a wrestling alphabet book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because, like, I was just so fascinated by this. Yeah. um, So the writer, Ryan, he reached out and was like, are you interested in being a part of this book? He told us what what it was about, um, which is essentially, yes, an alphabet book. Um, All of the letters of the alphabet have some type of wrestling term, and it's a children's book. And so a lot of um, independent wrestlers, and now not, I believe, are in that book. I think certain people have to be like pulled and changed because of people signing contracts. And, you know, when you start a book, it takes some time. So I think just things change with that. Um, And yeah, he asked me if I want to be a part of it. He told me I'd be on the V is for victory page. I'm like, cool. Um, It looks like I'm getting my ass kicked by Kylie Ray. I'm totally cool with that. (laughs) And um, it is cute to see me in like a little um cartoon form it's funny because it you it reminded me of how long this process takes because it's my old gear and I'm like oh damn like I've worn that gear in like over a year but it's at the time that this got started that's the gear that I was wearing um but yeah it was pretty simple pretty straightforward story he's like hey you want to be in it I'm like sure so I signed like a release for that specifically um and he sent copy he sent me a copy which is all I wanted I don't need any money from it it's um it's cute. I like, I like stuff like that. It's, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. Cause now that I have a toddler, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want this book so I can read it to him. So like, cause obviously he's, you know, Chris, my husband and I are both, you know, wrestlers and stuff. So like to have something like, like, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, maybe, maybe people are just clicking cause they see Allison K and they have no idea who I am. Cause I haven't wrestled in like three years. So (laughs) it's possible. So yeah, like, I just think that's so amazing. And like, to be able to be someone that they would contact for that, I think would be just like amazing. Like I remember flattering. Yeah, being a part of the, um, the card game that they had for Shimmer. I can't think of the, yes. that. I, know, I know what it's called. I just don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, that's the same with me. So I don't want to be disrespectful. But like, when I saw my card for that game, I was like, this is like the most badass thing like I could say that I've had done up until that point in time. That was so cool. So to be a part of a book is even cooler because I mean, books are just, they're, you know, you just go down the street and you can buy a book at a bookstore. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I think, no, I think that one is available in bookstores. I think he's in um, Barnes and Noble and I don't know if it's just online. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they have like in the store certain ones online, but it looked like a few different shops that he was available in, which is really cool. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, you've had like all these really cool situations that you've been able to do. And I can say like, I don't know anybody else, especially close to me that I can say, I know a person that's wrestled in China. Japan is in a book, has wrestled on every major TV television program. I mean, free agent now. And then you also have all these cool things you do on social media, including you winning Halloween. I mean, oh. <laughs> you hands down. I mean, obviously, I love Sensational Sherry. Went a little bias. <laughs> yeah, but no, seriously, like I saved this to bring out. Like, oh my gosh, you look exactly like this. With is like, that the outfit? That's the outfit. Yeah, that's SummerSlam '92. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can see it. You know what? Oh yeah, the laces on the shoes. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I see the hearts now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so. So for those who are in podcast world, I just showed her, I actually have the uh, WWE classic superstar sensational Sherry, which if you didn't know, that's who she dressed as for Halloween this year. And like down to the detail, like you've always been very detail oriented in your Halloween costumes. And if you haven't seen these guys, go check her out on her Instagram at Sienna, because it's still at Sienna. And um, check out what she's done, because there's pictures every now and again from her past Halloween outfits, plus this one. This one just, I mean, beyond my wildest dreams. When I saw you do like the picture of you sewing the white denim, I was like, (laughs) you knew. Oh my God. (laughs) Very few people that guessed correctly right away. And I was really surprised. I was very like pleasantly surprised. Like I was very satisfied first of all like I knew if anyone was gonna get it it was you and this other guy um that used to wrestle for like the first promotion I ever wrestled for back Mm. in Michigan not back in Michigan I'm literally in Michigan right now um he messaged me and he got it too and I knew I knew like yes certain friends are gonna get this and a couple fans got it too and that uh messaged me off of that post I was very very um surprised but like pleasantly surprised like hell yeah you got that yeah like that to me that's what I grew up on wrestling. Like I love the storytelling. I'm more of the old school style. Like you're not really going to see me out there if ever doing flips and fun stuff like that. Like I'll leave that for the other people, especially my baby faces. I'll catch you all day, but I'm most likely not going to be doing that. Uh, But I love that crazy storytelling and sensational Sherry had that down to a art form and SummerSlam 92, like that match where she's fainting and then like peeking up and like over the top characters yes I I when I was looking at that outfit to figure out because first of all oh my gosh it's you know back in the day yeah um, which I can't even really talk about back in the day I was like I don't know five years old at the time or something but um you know, they, they weren't taking selfies. They weren't taking these detailed up close shots of their outfits. Right. So there are screen grabs of her and that's it. I can only find screen grabs of her talking to me, Jean. And then I had to watch the match. I had to watch the match several times to get this costume down because I couldn't find even like one straight promo shot full body of her. It was no. so frustrating. So I really had to research to get all the different angles. And one thing I didn't do that's gonna, that bothers me, which, which people probably wouldn't even notice unless you look at it really close, um, I didn't notice it until it was like the night before and I was watching the match again just to see like if I missed anything. In each one of those hearts, she has a very small tassel. In each one of the center, center of the hearts, 16 of them. There's like bigger tassels right here on the yeah. top. But in each one of those hearts, there was a tiny tassel. And I'm like, damn it. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm not dealing with it. It was like no. the night before. <laughs> you, you had so many details because like, 
I'm sure there's been many people who have tried to repeat that outfit, but like you said, there's many very minute details and you had so many of them down. Like as a sensational Sherry fan and just as much as I loved her, like I was just through the roof about your Halloween costume. I was like, good God, this girl just won Halloween for probably the next like 30 years for me because I don't think anything could top that. <laughs> so much coming from you because I know how much you love her. You know what stressed me out the most about that costume was the hair. Oh yeah, for sure. I was getting like a cheap wig. And so I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna be the right color. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like put it up. She kind of had like an updo going on. Yeah. Um, I think I sort of pulled it off with a butterfly clip, like one of those big clips. I tried to like pull it back, but it wasn't like a, a professional wig. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that part was like the one part I was like, oh. But I mean, to put the detail in that you did, and I, I mean, I keep going back to it. It's just. <laughs> It, you you were so cautious in like certain things you did down to the boots where you had the red laces mm-hmm. and you had the white fishnets on underneath the the white uh, denim where mm-hmm. you made the hearts. I mean, I could you, the face makeup, everything. I mean, you had almost every minute detail. So for the wig to be maybe not the same color is not like a big deal to me because like me, like I've dressed as different people and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to go buy a wig for this. Forget it. It's either going to yeah. be my flaming red hair or my now brown hair. You know, I, don't yeah, I thought about that. I considered trying to do my real hair in that updo because I knew my real hair would be easier to work with. And I'm like, I just don't want the blonde streak in this. I want it to be her. Like, oh, that makes sense. Hair. And the short curly hair. The wig that I got ended up being really, really um, way better than I thought it was going to be. Another thing that I noticed about SummerSlam 92, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but Sherry in her promo with Mean Jean, it's filmed at a different time. She didn't, she filmed it like, I'm guessing a different day because her makeup is different than it is when she goes to the ring. Oh, I've never noticed. So if you look at her S on her face, oh, which one is it? I want to say the S on, okay, so the S on her face, I'm about to pull it up right now on my phone. (laughs) No worries. That's okay. Cause I mean, I could talk about sensational Sherry all day. I have a whole Sherry album on my phone because I was screenshotting a million things trying to figure out how this outfit is. So when she goes out to the ring, she has all like red right here. Mm-hmm. Like I, so I did her makeup um, from when she goes out to the ring. Okay. Uh, so it's the diamonds that go like this, the red in between. She has a little heart in the corner and she has the black S's. Yeah. But when she does her promo, uh, she has black in her eye and the S's of jewels. I don't know if you can see this, but this is yeah. her promo. It's completely different makeup from when she goes oh. out to the ring. That's and crazy. Is the clearest picture I could find because it was on WWE's website. Um, so this was the most clear picture of her makeup I could find. And I was so mad because I wanted to do this makeup. But then I was like, I want to do the one that she wore to the ring. And there are no real clear shots of that. So oh, I couldn't man. side by side with that expression because I was doing a different makeup. I'm a, As you can tell, I'm a perfectionist. Yes, when definitely. Those little details, especially like Halloween and stuff. I'm very, I like to try to get it as close as possible. Yeah, um, and I think you did a magnificent job. Thank you. You're welcome. I, um, when I sewed the first heart, I was ecstatic because I had only used a sewing machine once before that, and it was to sew a pillowcase into a rectangle. So um, I don't know how I pulled that off. Yeah. I mean, if the seamstress looked at it, they'd probably be like, wow, this is trash. But it held right. together, and that's all I needed. <laughs> right, right. It's a Halloween costume. You're going right. to wear it once, maybe twice in uh, your lifetime, and that's it. You know what I mean? So. You I want to know who designed. I want to know who designed that outfit for her, and and oh. for that matter, because like, how did you even come up with that? Yeah, because that's. I mean, 
women back then did not have the gear that we had then. It was like sure. now, I mean, cause like, that was not gear that would not have held up. In no, 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 no. That wouldn't have held up. But even so like women had like one piece, like wrestling leotards sometimes with like the the shorts underneath sometimes or they'd be long pants but like you didn't really have any other sort of design as it came to gear for women back then and at that time she wasn't wrestling for quite a while anyway Mm -hmm. yeah you would have just like some crazy design on a bathing suit and then wear hooter hose underneath that which probably weren't even called hooter hose at the time but yeah I don't know know the history on hooters but (laughs) same So another thing that I want to talk to you before we wrap things up is this year, I don't know if you are going to be able to, well, this coming year, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it, but you've been doing the Cupid's underwear run in Detroit for as, as long as I've known you, I would say. And last year when you were with NWA, you guys did a group and you raised over $8,000 for, for the, um, what charity is that for? It's for the children's tumor foundation. Okay. Um, and all the proceeds from the Cupid's Endy Run go to that charity. And yeah, it was um, something that I actually wanted to do with Impact. And I think it might've been right before uh, I ended up in the hospital. It might've been, mm-hmm. that might've been what prevented it. But I remember actually, I don't remember if we were going to do it as a, as a group. I don't know if that was going to work out, but I remember when I was in the hospital, um, the girls, whether it was, it might've been like Rosemary, Chelsea, Allie, they ended up going to Walgreens for me because I had a big, I, a big poster of the knockouts roster. We all took a picture, um, with one of the photographers there. He sent it to me and I had it printed out to, to raffle for mm-hmm. that charity that year. Um, and so I think that's as far as we got with impact, but sorry to ramble off, but, um, I was very appreciative of the, to them for getting that done for me while I was in the hospital. They got it autographed by all the girls. So I was able to raffle it off, which was really nice. Um, but it was something that I wanted to do as a group with the knockouts and it just was hard, like logistically to fly everyone to Detroit and all that. So I was so happy that we got to do it with NWA and, um, it was, uh, myself, of course, Marty Bell, Maureen, Ashley Vox, ODB, Sherry. Um, and I think that was it. And we, they all got to come up here, stayed for the night. We did the run, which was so much fun, freezing, but they give you free alcohol. So that helps. And then, um, I took them to Hudson cafe in Detroit, which is one of my favorite places, uh, brunch places in Detroit and, uh, had giant red velvet pancakes. Highly recommend that place if you're downtown. And we ended up going to, I think it was St. Andrew's hall was the after party. No, it was a different bar, the old Shillelagh in Detroit. We went to an after party there and just like danced all night. It was so much fun. We're like underwear and like big t-shirts at that point because we wanted to put on clothes and it's, you know, it's freezing, but I'm sure we were like sweating in that bar and we just dancing all night to the Spice Girls. It was great. (laughs) Now the, are you, are are they even thinking about running this year? How's that going to work with social distancing and everything? I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think I got an email recently about starting to raise money for it, but I I don't know if they're, I I have to check it to see if they're actually going to have the run because, um, in Detroit, they have Cupid's undie runs all over the country. Yeah. It's not just, um, up here, but the gimmick up here is it's freezing in February, you know, right. If you do it in Orlando, you're in the warmth. So it's like, yeah, cool. You're in your underwear, but like we're hardcore up here. Okay. We're doing it in the snow. (laughs) And so, um, every year there's a possibility that the run will be canceled anyway. 
because of the, the temperature. So there was one year where I think they either canceled the running part where you run outside or, or the run was like literally around one block and come back in because it was like negative 14 degrees Fahrenheit with the wind chill. So they have to cancel it for safety reasons. Right. Um, especially people are drunk and running outside naked. Like you're going to get frostbite and whatnot. So um, there's always a possibility the run will be canceled anyway. However, you still go to like the party for it, which I wouldn't imagine they would do indoors. Yeah, that might be difficult. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it's going to look like this year. Well, I just know that's something you do every year. So if that mm-hmm. is something that's possible, you guys make sure that you pay attention to her social media coming up because I know that she'll be posting all about that if that is something that is going to be happening. Maybe not an after party, but at least the charity part of it all. Yeah, yeah. which is the important part. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But, but I mean, the running around in the underwear thing and we'll post pictures is usually an enticement for people to want to donate. So <laughs> <laughs> I can always sure. my my neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure your neighbors would be uh, looking out their windows like, what is that crazy wrestling girl doing now? Oh, they don't, they don't know about me. Oh, they don't know about you? <laughs> I don't want anyone to know where I live, who I am. That's fantastic. See, nobody around my neighborhood knows anything about me either, except for like my one neighbor that lives catty corner. And the only reason why is because she's friends with my sister-in-law. But other than that, like... I just look like I'm little Susie homemaker here living in my house. (laughs) I think I saw like one of my neighbors across the street. I think I like by accident saw that they were watching wrestling or something. I don't even know what program it was. I could just tell there was a ring. And I think I'm like taking out the garbage. I like slowly start like, (laughs) not that they're necessarily even going to recognize me, but I'm just like, oh oh, shit. (laughs) Let me creep back inside my house real quick. I don't want stalkers. Oh yeah. Those, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast that we could get into. All right. Well, Allison, please let's tell everybody where they can find you on social media, because I know you have still your impact name, but you can explain everything you want and where to find you and where to buy all your merchandise. Yee. So Twitter and Instagram are both at Sienna. I always give this disclaimer. I'm like, I'm still Sienna because I don't want to lose my verification because people are out there trying to scam people. That's really the gist of it. Actually, I tried to change my Instagram handle a couple weeks ago and it, they straight up told me no. It was like, you need to contact uh, the administration to change this. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to stay Sienna. So um, anyway, uh, what else? Patreon.com slash Allison K. You can get exclusive content. I even have my DIY vlog up of how I did my Sherry costume. I have a photo shoot as Sherry up there and a bunch more stuff. It's not just Sherry related. And then I have my website, AllisonK.com, where you can find my events and um, merchandise, which is always fun. <laughs> That's about it. Awesome. Well, Allison, it has been an absolute blast to have you on. It's taken some time to get you here, but finally glad to have you. And I can't wait to see what the rest of your career leads to. Thank you. It's so good to catch up with you again. It's been far too long. Definitely. We'll have to make this like a arrangement where we just call and zoom and zoom each other so that it's not so far like years in between. Yeah. I would love to have, I don't know if it's even possible if you could have like me and Jessica and Marty on or something and we can just tell like WSU stories. I would love that. I will write that down and see if we can arrange that. (laughs) All right, guys, this has been Talking Sass. This is Allison Kay, and we'll see you guys next time. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. 
VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. This is your amiga, Shelly from Cali, to let you know you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what... What we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.